we believe every person has the right to realize all that is possible for their future. Are you someone who is near retirement, who has been diligent about accumulating wealth and is now navigating the what's next heading into the next chapter of your life? Welcome to the Dream Architect Life Podcast, where money and mindset meet with Brian Sweet and Brittany Anderson from Sweet Financial Partners. In this podcast, we aim to help shift your focus to the things you can control so you can put your money to work in turning your dreams into reality. Through our trademarked process, The Dream Architect, we make wealth planning fun, informative, and enjoyable. Join us on this journey where Brian and Brittany will explore how you can eliminate your limiting beliefs in the pursuit of all that's possible. Now, on to the show. Hello, Brittany Anderson here with an extra special guest today. I have with me uh, Mr. Robert Peterson. And before we welcome him, I'm going to give just a little bit of background on, on who he is, who he serves, and the massive value that he brings to the world. So Robert is the co-founder and president of AV2L Consulting. They founded AV2L because they believe that human beings were created to take care of each other. If that is not a powerful statement, I don't know what is. They believe that we were meant to encourage one another and build each other up. He helps entrepreneurs make great connections and build meaningful relationships. With a lifelong passion of serving and helping people, he has taught and coached leaders in dozens of countries and has a unique ability to connect, excite, and impact his audience. Uh, Their coaching and training has helped leaders focused on strategy, leadership, influence, communication, relationships, and accountability, turning that A word into a positive while connecting their passion and faith to tangible results. Robert is passionate about seeing his clients believe in themselves and achieved results they never thought possible. So Robert, with all that being said, welcome to the show. Wow, Brittany, thank you so much. We need to just have you read that and put that video on our LinkedIn profile because that was amazing. (laughs) Hey, I'm happy to help. I would love to do that for you. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So Robert, I know we went through kind of the high level of, you know, why you do what you do, kind of who you're serving now, but I'd love for you to share, like, who is Robert? What's your story? Kind of where'd you come from? What was the path that led you to this point? All right. Um, Well, so I, I mean, I guess it started after I sort of raised in Colorado. Joined the Marine Corps right out of high school. And because of the, my Marine experience, I was able to travel the world, you know, flew to, flew to Egypt and got to see the pyramids in, in Egypt. And, and that was kind of the first like exposure to another culture and another place. And then, you know, did what they call a, a West Pack, which is you know, sailing on a ship for six months in the Western Pacific and visited Hong Kong and the Philippines and Korea and Japan, and then actually got all the way down to Australia and spent two weeks in Australia. And just that exposure to the world opened up my eyes and to, to the possibilities. And so after I got out of the Marine Corps, I uh, met my wife back in Colorado. And after you know a few years of figuring life out together, joined her family's church and got involved in, in the church and 
made a decision to go into ministry and decided to become missionaries and eventually were led to serving in Bogota, Colombia. And so we spent a year in Costa Rica learning Spanish and then 10 years living in, in Bogota, Colombia and primarily coaching Colombian pastors. They're really good at preaching and teaching, but not so prepared for handling the business side of, of the church, you know, the finance and tracking people and just uh, the systems and processes to help make those things more tangible. And so that was my primary role there. After our 10 year, we had a 10 year plan there. It was our intention to leave. So we had an exit strategy from the time that we entered and so honored our exit strategy and moved back to Colorado. And I went to work for our church that supported us. And so I spent 10 years serving as their pastor of outreach, which allowed me to work creatively in the partnerships that the church supported around the world. And so in because of my experience as a missionary, I wanted to change that from a transactional relationship with our ministry partners, where we were sending transactional checks every month to relationship, to a meaningful relationship where we knew what they were doing. We knew who they were. We knew their struggles. We knew their family. And that required us to visit. And so I took, I visited myself and evaluated their work. And then I took teams to visit and to get to know them and, and spend time with them and had the chance to to travel the world in, in incredible ways and spent, you know, I've been to Africa seven times, I've been to Cuba twice and to, you know, Eastern Europe and Indonesia. And so just continue exposing myself to other cultures and, and other people, but always having a passion for connecting and for supporting and helping and encouraging. And then that dream job went away. Uh, the leadership of the church transitioned and made a change. And so my entire staff that I'd worked with for all those years, pretty much all transitioned out over a year's period. And so I was left with the opportunity to look for another ministry or to, to do my own thing. And, and my wife and I decided, you know, we're tired of being broke and we can serve people in the same way through our own organization. And so we, we started AV2L Consulting and initially thought I'd do leadership and corporate trainings. You know, I had all this leadership experience from the Marine Corps to the church to, and, and when I got out in the business world and started networking and started meeting business leaders, I just really identified with entrepreneurs and fell in love with entrepreneurs. And it was, it took me a couple of years to realize, oh wait, it's because they're just like missionaries. <laughs> And they're willing to do something yeah. that most people won't do. And they're willing to go places that most people won't go. And they're that independent spirit that's within them. And of course, with that comes the independent spirit that doesn't want to work for a boss and doesn't want to, doesn't want to have that big A word we mentioned earlier, accountability. And yet they need support and they need love and they need someone to come alongside them and say, hey, I understand you. I get you. I want to work with you and, and support you know, what you're doing. And so we've spent the last three years pretty much focusing on, on supporting and helping entrepreneurs, you know, take their business to another level. You know, there is so much to what you have just gone through. And, you know, I think there's something that, that is so magical about your story and that's how many times you've pivoted. You know, I think about 
you know, you get to a certain point and you're like, well, then we decided to do this. And then this is the change that we made for our lives. And then we saw possibility. And that's something, you know, I think about on our, our, our podcast, even we're constantly talking about possibility and, and what's possible and opening people's eyes to that. And, and to go along with that is also the notion of, you know, pursuing what sets your soul on fire and pursuing your dreams and, and the things that are meaningful to you. So this is a little bit of a, kind of an off the cuff question, but I'm curious with how many people you've helped in so many different parts of the world. I think our audience would be curious to know when you think about, you know, here in America, like what our dreams are and we're looking for prosperity and we're looking for abundance and we're looking for, you know, whatever it is we're looking for experiences. What have you seen is maybe different in different parts of the world as far as what other people's aspirations or what they dream about or or what they're pursuing? Is there a difference at all? Oh, absolutely. Uh, First of all, I think we're you know far too materialistic and so our dreams many cases are are based in material things one of the things that i recognize early on is that a smile is universal that love is universal right you know people hug and kiss and smile the same no matter what language they speak no matter what color their skin is and no matter how they look and i think you know the the fascinating thing is to watch kids play with whatever kids play with, whether they're they're digging in the trash in Kenya or they're, you know, they have a, a water bottle that they've added little plastic wheels to and turned a water bottle into a little car. And, and the contentment that people can have in whatever situation they're in sweeping a dirt floor. <laughs> and to us, it doesn't make any sense to sweep a dirt floor. And yet that's perfectly normal for what they're living in. And so... So, yeah, I think, you know, for some, the dreams around, you know, their family and around, I think everybody, when they're allowed to dream, has a dream that makes an impact, has a something inside of them that, that can change other people's lives. And whether that impact is for, you know, the four people in their family or for their kids, you know, I think a big, maybe more so in, in, developing nations in like second level, like Colombia was, you know, a huge, large city and, and lots of, lots of opportunity, but the majority of families had dreams for their children. Mm. And so they'd kind of given up on themselves, but they were putting everything into what their children might achieve and, and the potential and possibility for their children. And then I think of, you know, Africa and Cuba and, and their dreams are just, just, to get by and take care of their family and just have enough. Right. And, and the difference of, you know, living on $30 for an entire month versus $30 for a lunch. Right. And, and so you see those, you see those differences, you know, one of, one of our big dreams is, is to continue influencing these developing countries and taking teams of business leaders to do Mm. not, necessarily direct business development but just kind of dream development and help people dream bigger and believe bigger and understand understand money and currency in a different way that allows them to to tap into you know something bigger and greater and you know I've had Dennis Yu and and Alex Berman both marketing guys on the show and and they're working in India and Pakistan and the Philippines and helping people in these countries get hired for $500 a month, which is double or triple what they could make working within their own country. 
serving American companies that that would pay would have to pay you know five thousand dollars a month to get those same level of services. Yeah, and we're creating opportunities that that are just incredible, and and so this technology is allowing American companies, American entrepreneurs, to empower people in in other countries and lifting them to a level double or triple what their national expectation is. And those things are, those things are incredible. And so mm. being able to, to create not just the dream or the idea, right? You could do this, but here's this entire tool set that's making this possible. Oh my gosh. You know, th- that is so incredible. And, and actually I didn't, I hadn't even shared this with you, um, Uh, at the point of this conversation that we actually, under our ultimate advisor coaching company, we just hired a gal who lives in the Philippines and it's that exact situation where she's amazing and she's brilliant and she has so much talent. And even the whole interview process of like her shooting a video of herself and following everything to a T and what she's been able to accomplish, even in the short period of time we've, we've had her up to this point has been amazing. And we know that it's creating possibility for her and also helping us get a heck of a lot more done that, you know, the squirrely entrepreneurs can't like focus on. So it, it is, it, it's so beautiful. And, and I love what you're talking about there too, and helping people, you know, I go back to what you said about material and, you know, we talk to our clients at sweet financial constantly about dreams. And there can be this misconception that we're, we're meaning, uh, that fancy car that you want or a house in another area or, you know, something material or whatever. And, and a lot of times what we're talking about and what's meaningful to people is like, how do you create a foundation that impacts others? How do I put together something that helps me carry on my legacy in a way that I maybe don't know or don't even know is available. So I, I love that you went there because I think that dreaming big is so much more than what maybe society tells us uh, it, it needs to be. So I, I think that's amazing. And I think we need to talk even further about what you're doing with entrepreneurs and bringing them to these other places and helping people in other parts of the world realize possibility in different ways. So you and I'll talk off record about that, but we'll keep this flowing for the sake of the conversation. So, you know, Robert, after having worked with, you know, so many entrepreneurs, especially over the last few years, where is one uh, area of their life that you see people getting stuck in the most? Like, where are they getting in their own way? Well, I mean, I think it's always the voice in our head and the stories we tell ourselves and, (laughs) and allowing our fear of other people our fear of what other people think of us, the idea that if I make a sales call, if I pitch my product, if I, if I offer my service to somebody, they're going to be offended and, and they're going to, you know, they're going to see me as this, the creepy used car salesman. And, and the truth is we get so caught up in this idea of price versus value and, and values based on impact, right? And so, I mean, obviously you're, you know, you're a financial advisor. So if, if I were going to give you $10,000, you know, would you pay me a thousand? Yes. <laughs> and, and so, so that's value, right? And people get caught up in price and they get caught up in the idea. Well, you know, well, they can't afford this or they, they can't, well, won't, people won't want to pay for that. And, and the truth is when you show them value, Look, if you do the things that we're, you know, if we work together, we're going to increase your revenue. We'll be, there'll be a return on investment 
of, of this much and helping people, you know, see the value and then see the value in their own product, see the value in themselves and, and what they have to offer, right? Does the service that you offer impact their bottom line? Does it impact their life? Does it change their relationships, right? What is the outcome and what's the value of that outcome? And then of course, who's the audience that's willing to pay for the value of that outcome? And I think so many entrepreneurs get caught up in their head money and the story they tell themselves about money. And for so many, we've been told, you know, don't talk about money. So, so don't talk about money, sex, or religion, and then you'll be okay. Except if you don't talk about those three things, you don't understand, you know, how spiritual the world is. You don't understand yeah. how money works. And, and then you don't understand how relationships work. And then you're dysfunctional in some of the most exciting areas of our lives. That is you know, there's so much truth to that too. And, and I think about, and I'll just pull this one out of here quickly is that when it comes to money, you know, through our women forward program at sweet financial, like one of our goals is empowering and educating women when it comes to the conversation around money. And I think that women in particular, and I won't go too far down this path, but I think women in particular really struggle with owning the notion of wanting to make money and what that mm. can do for their lives and being able to openly talk about that and own that component. So I think what you're talking about there about, you know, we're, we're kind of getting in our own way. The six inches between our ears is really where we tend to stalemate. And I think it's regardless of, of what point of life people are at you're, you know, maybe transitioning out of a career and into whatever that next chapter is, or you're just getting into your career and you're looking at what that looks like, or you're deciding to go the entrepreneurial route and create something that the world needs. So well, I, I think that what you're talking about here is, is so, so true. And if we could just master that, master those few inches between our ears, man, man think about what it would open. Yes. Well, and, and just the idea let's, so let's just look at some of the situations in our culture right now about yeah. inequality in pay. Well, what were we told? You can't talk about your salary. You can't talk about what you're getting paid. And so, so the woman sitting next to the man doing the same exact job is getting paid 15% less. Why? Because they were told they couldn't talk about it. Right. The neighborhood, the neighborhood across the street that's actually in a lower economic area is paying higher interest rates, is paying higher fees because they've been told they can't talk about it and they don't talk to their neighbors about money. But you know what the wealthy do? They talk about their deals. They talk about the rates they're, they're using. And typically they talk about the interest rate they're getting, not the interest rate they're paying. Yeah, <laughs> and, yep. <laughs> and, and they have a different understanding of, of money. Whereas so many have been taught and raised and spent all their time thinking money is the end game that you have to do all this, you're, you're working for money, you're getting paid by the hour. And, and the end game is to get the money. No, the end game is what you can do with the money and, and put the money to work. And then you think about money in a different way when you're putting money to work rather than collecting money and gathering money and hoarding money because the, the money's the thing to hold on to. And that's where the, the difference between the material and the impact becomes so powerful is because yeah. when you put money to work, you can make impact. You can change lives. You can do, you know, even if you're investing in real estate, you can be investing in real estate and creating low income housing opportunities. You can investing in businesses to create business opportunities. And then of course, investing in people. 
and creating opportunities. And, and so many of those things are putting money to work and getting you a return, but getting a win for the people that are using the money as well. Mm. And, and there's so much out there, you know, I, the woman's side of things is just, just crazy, right? We, we've created a culture where it's, you know, the stay at home mom thing was a great idea and, and, and everything, you know, the idea of oh, being such a good mom that way. The challenge is that we've created this, this entire group of women who are unprepared for the workplace and they're, they're either slaves to the man because they're stuck and they, they're afraid they can't leave a situation that they may want to get out of and they're not prepared to get into the workplace or they've been out of the workplace for 20 years. They've been left by their husband. They, their kids are, are ready to move out. And now they have to enter the workplace at an entry level because they have no, their resume has has mom on it and not that mom's not an incredible thing an incredible organizer and all the things that come with that but the truth of the workplace is we've separated them from it for so long that now they're not prepared Mm. and i think it's weakened their their position in many ways unfairly yeah and i think you hit the nail on the head there and and i think honestly if you think about the notion of identity like that's Mm. the word that kept going through my head as you're talking there is that you know, there's so many points and be it, you know, the woman who's been the mom and the the homemaker and the caretaker for so long, all of a sudden now she's, she's needing to get into the workforce for whatever reason or wanting to and hungry for it and, and want something different. It's like this shift in identity. And I think that's a challenge that people have, you know, let's even step outside of, of the demographic we're talking about here and, and look at, you know, people who are retiring, like, let's just use that. Your identity is tied to everything that you've been up to this point. And now all of a sudden there's this reshaping same thing with empty nest. It's like, you have people that are in the mode of, you know, work, 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 run your kids everywhere. That's kind of what you were tied to. That's who you were. That's who you've been. And all of a sudden now kids are gone and you're like, Oh, my husband and I have to talk to each other now. <laughs> Or we have to like have conversations that aren't about the kids. Like, what do we do here? So I think there's so many different pivotal points in life where that reshaping of identity happens. And I think that that is a struggle for so many. So Robert, I want to kind of use that topic of struggle to pivot a little bit here. You know, you've talked about like challenges you've seen outside of yourself, like things that you've encountered in different countries and where people are living off of $30 a month and whatever that is. So I would love to know that out of all of your experience, things that you've encountered, seen have happened. What is one of your biggest life lessons? Like what is something that really kind of shook you that you've overcome and that's actually served you now? I, I mean, it's, I think it's the voice in your head, right? The stories that you tell yourself. Yeah. And, and so being able to recognize that, Hey, I'm in control of that voice and I get to dictate the stories, right? Mm. Um, it's so easy to get caught up in the drama and, Obviously, our news cycle loves drama. Social media loves drama. And I think people feel like they're obligated to to live in the drama. And so you can get caught up in this emotional drama of the world and be completely overwhelmed. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there's a there's a ton going on in the world, right? I mean, we're at the end of a pandemic. It sounds like another pandemic might be starting or epidemic of some sort. And, and there's a war going on in, 
in multiple places. And of course, you know, you drive by the gas pump and the price just keeps jumping and jumping and it's not just moving, it's leaping. And you're like, how am I going to go on summer vacation? Right. And, and so there's just so much that can be overwhelming. Yeah. But it really does boil down to control what you can control and let go of all the things that you can't. And I think for many of us, that can be a, a real struggle is letting go of the things that you can't control. And yet you feel like you have to have a handle on. Uh, and so we stopped watching the news. We stopped watching you know, social media news and very, very diligent now about controlling the inputs that, that go in my ears and go in, you know, things that I see. And, and it, it makes a huge difference. Yeah. You're dead on. I mean, I can't think of a time where I've clicked on like a social media, let's just call it newsfeed channel and felt really, really positive after reading that. (laughs) Or you flip on the new, I mean, I don't watch the news either. I stopped long, long ago, even honestly pre pandemic, just because I'm sitting there going like, is there anything about this that can actually like be directly within my control? If the answer is no, then why am I putting energy and effort towards it? Plus I have three kids and they kind of dominate like cartoons and that kind of thing. (laughs) But yeah, so it's so true. I think, you know, especially too, if you think about, again, we'll just talk about like the retiree for a minute here, you go from having something to wake up to every day. You know, maybe you've been running a business and you've known that you had to get up, you go to work and you have a team to run and a product or service to put out into the world and clients to serve and all of that. And then all of a sudden you wake up one day and you're like, well, I don't have all of that anymore. So I have to find things to fill my time. And I think that with how noisy the media environment is, it can be really, really easy to fall into that. I mean, I I consider myself a very positive, pretty darn disciplined individual. And there are times where I still find myself scrolling through a newsfeed and I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? I know it's bad. So on the lines of finding positive things to put into your brain, I want you to talk about your podcast because what people don't know is we're about to shift gears here pretty soon. And you're going to interview me on your podcast. And I just want you to lay the foundation of what's the message? How does it help people? Who does it serve? Here's your chance to kind of get on the totem pole of that. <laughs> yeah. So I actually started the podcast because I coach entrepreneurs and there were influencers that I felt like, man, I think my clients would love to hear from these people and, and learn from them or have a, you know the opportunity to ask them questions. And so I really started the podcast because it's a door opener. Like, There's people that I've had on the show that if I called and asked them for a one hour interview, even on the phone, they'd say no, (laughs) or, you know, Hey, would you, would you drop in on my, my zoom call with my group? And they'd be like, no, you know, (laughs) and, and, and yet I could call them and ask them, you know, Hey, I've got this podcast. Oh yeah. I'd love to come on and have a conversation. And so the podcast has really just created this opportunity to connect my clients and my audience to influencers and and voices that that they want to hear from and of course for me the little selfish side is there people that i want to meet and i want to hear from and so that's been you know really fun and exciting to get to to keep up leveling and and meeting new people but the real part is is that story and sharing stories of people's journey the story of how they've changed 
how they talk to themselves and how they've changed how they talk to others. So the majority of it is is very positive and focused on, you know, what worked in their world. And, and of course, if they're experts and successful, then, you know, we try to find the things that they're expert and successful in and how they navigated that and can share that with others. And so it's, it's just been really fun to share people's stories and find the tidbits and the, the success pieces of, of their story that other people, you know, identify with and, and are going to hear. And, you know, of course your story is, you know, super successful mom and, and the impact of being a mom and running a business at the same time is, is, you know, influencing your kids and trying to handle cartoons in the midst of spreadsheets dancing through your head so you know those are those are experiences that that not everybody has but yet can identify with yeah you know and and Robert I think something so powerful about like podcasts like yours is that I think that there there's so much merit to the fact that in a podcast you can tune into it and you can listen to an episode and hear somebody's story and you know find some key nuggets that really resonate with you and then fast forward a couple months, you can actually go back to that exact same episode, listen to it again and get five more things that you didn't catch the first time because it's not where your brain was focusing. So, you know, I think number one, I think anybody listening to this should absolutely subscribe to Robert's podcast because yes. he does have so many great, brilliant people that he brings in and, and people that you can truly learn from and that are givers and they're there to share the story and they're not just pitching and they're not just, you know, cause we've all heard those podcasts where you're like, okay, I feel like I'm being sold to, uh, but it's genuine conversations and it's, it's value that people are putting out into the world. So I, I just think that podcasts in general, those that have that uplifting message that have power stories. And, and all that good stuff. I mean, that's what we need to be putting into our brain because I would argue that you're dead on that there's so much going on in the world. And, and I would also say that it's too much for the human brain to handle. Uh, we have way too much access to too much information in, in a lot of ways. But if we're consciously choosing to find the good, like find examples of people doing really, really good things in the world, all of a sudden your perspective on this whole thing that we call life, it starts to shift a little bit and in a really positive way. So I am personally grateful that you are putting great out into the world because it's just another example of, of goodness, of wonderful stories of the contributions that are people, the people are putting out there. So I just love what you're doing and I think it's so wonderful. So all that being said, I do want to ask just a couple more questions before we wrap here. So one of them being, you know, you talk about focusing on things you can control and, you know, being conscious of what you put into your mind. So I'm curious when you find yourself in a negative state, because even me who tends to be a very positive person can be a Debbie Downer once in a while. Uh, so what is something, you know, very tactical that you do to shift yourself out of a bad mood, you know, a negative mindset, this when things are kind of going in the stinking thinking route. Oh, absolutely. And, and absolutely. It happens to all of us, right? I, that's the battle. That is the battle in our lives. And we've seen it. Obviously religion talks about it in, in so many different ways, right? The battle between good and evil and yeah. all the stories that, that resonate so well in, on your Netflix stream and on everything else is the battle versus good and evil, because we all get it at, a, at an innate level, because that's what's happening inside our heads is this battle between the fear and the belief, right? The faith mm -hmm. and, and the fear and the good and the bad. And so, so the, the battle going on in our, in our head 
obviously happens to everybody, no matter how positive we are. But there's there are some really powerful tools, right? First is awareness, right? You've got to be paying attention to the little voice and what it's saying. And and I think for a lot of people, they feel like they don't have control over that little voice. Well, guess what? You're the thinker of your thoughts, you're the observer of your thoughts, and and you absolutely have control because right now you can say to yourself, I love you. And guess what? That little voice in your head just said it. And and you can't stop it because you just made it happen. And and so first is knowing that you have control and, and having that awareness. So now when you start to realize, oh, er, I'm getting grumpy, I'm getting negative, I'm focused on stuff that's er, it's an opportunity for gratitude. Mm. And gratitude is the most powerful attitude shifter because you can't be grateful and grumpy at the same time. Amen. <laughs> and so you could, you, but you have to stop, right? That's the awareness. You have to say, oh, I don't like this, where this is headed. And this is where it's the, the, the difficulty lies in, in this transition right here to say, I don't want to go there. Okay. What can I be thankful for in this situation? Mm-hmm. Right. So we get a flat tire that stinks. Now what? Right. And so the ability to say, well, this sucks because it does right. A flat tire sucks. There's no, there's yep. no pain, a smile on it. There's no, you know, it sucks and stuff that sucks happens to us all the time. And it's okay to say, wow, this sucks, no matter how positive you are. Right. But the choice happens at the now what, now, what am I going to do about it? Man, I'm so thankful. There was a place for me to pull over and change this tire, man. I'm so thankful that I paid that AAA membership and they're coming to fix this tire. So I don't have to. (laughs) Right. So you can choose the story that you tell. Right. And so many people allow that flat tire to just become, oh, I'm late for the meeting. I had a flat tire. Oh, you got to you, you're kind of down a little bit. Yeah, I had a flat tire. Right. And, and so I want to be the guy that says, yep, I had a flat tire, got it changed. Man, sorry, I'm late. The rest of the day, though, that's not even going to come up because it's back there. I can't undo it. I can't change it. I can't. It, there's nothing I can do to make that t- flat tire not be a flat tire. Right. Mm-hmm except move on and change it. And so finding gratitude, finding the thing, and it's not always easy, right? There's trauma, there's terrible things that happen in our lives, but there's always something, even if it's as simple as, man, I'm so glad I can take this next breath, Hmm. right? And so it's a choice and it's not always an easy choice, but if you don't want to go down that negative path, just stop and man, just find something in that moment to say, all right, I am so thankful that I have this breath. I'm so thankful that I still have the opportunity to make a difference today, to do something different. I'm so happy that I have this opportunity to smile. And you know what? It changes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Robert, I I just like, I'm reeling in my own head thinking about like times of gratitude and just you know, I, I think of times where I'm like walking on the gravel by my house and looking around and it's just beautiful and the birds are chirping and the sun is shining. And it's just like, you all almost become overcome with emotion when you're truly in that state of gratitude, even when things are crazy in your world, like you're dead on that, you know, there are things that suck. (laughs) There are things in life that are so stinking hard and are heartbreaking and are devastating and, and all of those things. But I think you are completely on the, on the 
correct path there with, Hey, just, just taking a moment and find something to be grateful for. And it just changes your entire perspective. So Robert, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, how would they go about that? If they want to learn more about what you do about how you might be able to help them, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah. So our websites add value, the number two life.com. And uh, you can find all our stuff there. LinkedIn, uh, great to connect. Robert C. Peterson. You'll see the podcast on the top to make sure that it's me. But yeah, so find us on our website, find me on LinkedIn. And uh, yeah, we'd love to connect and, and share. And of course, if you find the podcast, it's add value, the number two entrepreneurs, because it follows our corporate model. And that really is based on scripture talking about encourage one another, build each other up. And so we seek ways to add value to others every day, right? Whether that's a smile, whether that's a, my, my goal in life is that people leave a conversation, leave their, my, my presence impacted their life in some way because I've added value to them. And of course, at the business level, adding value is, is so important, right? We want to give value, give value, give value. And so um, it, it applies in every area of our lives. And so that's why it's just become such an important part of who we are as, as a company and, and who we want to, how we want to impact the world by leaving more positive than negative and, and then helping others, right. Rewrite their yeah. stories. So they're more positive than negative. Yeah. Well, I will tell you that we may not have had a ton of interactions up to this point, but you have absolutely positively impacted me each time we've spoke, which I'm so grateful for. So Robert, I have one last question before we wrap up. What haven't I asked you that I should have? Hmm. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> Putting you on the spot a little bit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess the idea of dreams, right? And I think we, we've talked a lot about dreams. You talked about helping your clients dream. And I think we just don't dream enough. We just aren't tapping into our creativity enough. We, we've allowed our imagination and creativity to be stomped away from when we were children and everything was possible to now the possibilities are so narrow and so limited that we're afraid to leave a job or we're afraid to retire. or We're afraid to make some of these life choices because we feel trapped. Whereas if we can tap into our imagination and creativity, there's so many possibilities and so many solutions and so many opportunities to, to tap into our greatness. And I think, I think so many people are, are playing small. You, I, I feel like that if I could have formulated a perfect answer to that last question, it would have been that. And for our audience, Robert had no prompting on that. Like he did not get a chance to prepare at all for that particular question. So Robert, I thank you so much. You continue to add so much value to the world. I can't wait to see all that you do and just see the lives that you continue to impact because you can tell it comes from such a genuine state. So Thank you for being our guest today. We so appreciate you. Well, thank you for having me. What a great opportunity and what great questions. <laughs> well, thank you. Well, that wraps up today's episode. We will catch you right back here next time. Thank you for listening to the Dream Architect Life podcast, where money and mindset meet with Brian Sweet and Brittany Anderson. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. If you heard something that really hit home for you, please share it with those you want to be helpful to. 
The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Sweet Financial Partners. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your retirement planning. 